Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Hey, good morning and welcome to uh, another episode, Conversation with Steve and Sean. We are live, well, not live, we are recording <laughs> with, um, with our conversation. Which oh, we we're live. <laughs> Sorry? Which? I said we're alive. <laughs> <laughs> we are, <laughs> yes, we are alive. <laughs> but as usual, we, our conversation starts diving into stuff and, and we forget to push the, or I forget to push the record button. So we've just pushed the record <laughs> button and here we are. And, uh, and Steve, we are talking about... Oh, good morning, Steve. Sorry, first of all. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> like an official, an official good morning. Yeah, like an official now. Yeah, let's pray and start. <laughs> oh, yes. And worship. Let's, let's do some worship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. First, yeah, let's go through our little formula. Yeah, formula. Uh, see if yeah. we can get him. It's almost like uh, my wife used to call it conjuring up God. Let's, let's try to stir the pot a little bit and see if we can conjure him up. And once we feel that presence, then we can start. You know, uh, I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to move him to do something. Yeah. As if we've got to but. sort of find, find what we already have, you know. It's just, um, right. Right. Crazy. The thing you were talking about is the bolting um, uh, part of the planting as a farmer or as somebody who is a husbandman, somebody who watches over plants and stuff. Um, and I, even though I've experienced that a lot, you know, you, I've, I've planted hundreds of thousands of plants. Hmm. Um, my, my deal is though, I don't sit there and take care of them. Usually I design everything, go in and, and put it in, uh, put in the irrigation system so that it's pretty well self-sustaining so yes. that once I leave, you know, it's able to grow. Uh, you've had a different experience where you've actually had to watch how a plant works, That's see it. how it operates. Um, and this thing that you were talking about, about bolting, you know, it, it may have been planted for even a couple of years or whatever, and it's just one or two little leaves. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, it just takes off. And, um, uh, talking about people in that regard, uh, the same type of thing happens with people. You, you may have planted seed in them for years. Uh, and even watered it continually, but all of a sudden it's like it, it takes off, not just thirty fold or sixty fold, but it's like a hundred fold in certain areas, and and they're they're completely ready to harvest within a few months, yeah. and it's just interesting to me to watch how that operates. Well, that's it. You know what? I, in in a in a sort of a mentoring mindset, I, what I what I've observed and practically um, uh, experienced is that, all right, so bolting, basically, for those that don't know, bolting is like you plant, you put your, and especially, you see it especially in leafy greens, you put it in the ground, you, you nurture it, nurture it, and, and um, you put your seedling in, and, and it sort of lingers for a bit, and then suddenly it reaches a stage where it bolts. So suddenly you get this growth coming out of it. And, and then it reaches another stage before it begins to produce the harvest. So 
you get this bolting stage. Like herbs, herbs especially do that. Herbs, herbs, not herbs, herbs. Not herbie, it's herbie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so your herbies are um, bolt. They, they do that. Like so I was watching cilantro, the cilantro I planted and the, uh, and the parsley. It just like, it lingers for a little bit and boom, then suddenly it starts producing. And then as you now start harvesting off the top, it bolts even more, you know? So, and what we were, I mean, what you and I were referring to is how some young, younger guys who have got loads of potential, but they don't see the potential or they don't apply the potential um, to actually um, lead others into a walk with Christ or within, within a spiritual journey uh, simply because they don't see their potential or they don't believe they have potential. But it, right. It, it gets to a point, I think, I believe, and, and in my experience, I've seen, and I, I, I've seen this in, uh, in, I mean, 1 John chapter 2 talks about it. So we've got the generations, the different stages of growth, of maturity within the house that we're supposed to have, and, and that you've got the young, the, the children, you know, the napios, you've got then the young men, there's another word for it, I never can remember it, another Greek word, but the young men technion or uh, podion or technion it's no it's a it's a another word for it but i can't look for it i now. like the podion the podion it's stage like, yeah it's like, a, then like technon um, let's see if i wrote it down in here um but i like the podion stage because that's right after the napios or the baby because the podion you know they've got their diapers and that seems like all they do is potty on everything yeah well the the it says i've written to you um, verse 12 of chapter 2. I'm writing to little children. Funny, that word is technons there. Technon. Really? Yeah. You know, uh, just a brief inter, uh, inter, interjection there. Technon, uh, we, when I was growing up in all this stuff, technon was a bad word. Yeah. You're, you're just a technon. Yeah. But technon literally means one that's produced by a seed. Yes. So it's, it's not a bad thing. No, and it's a very inclusive word. In fact, it was a term of endearment. Right. So, so the, when the fathers like John and Paul and that, they would say, I'm talking to you, my, my technon. So it was a right. term of, of, of uh, affection, nearly, to a spiritual uh, kind of connection yeah. that they had, you know? You've been produced by my own seed. That's right. By a seed that I have in me, that, you've been produced by that. That's it. That I've I've given you Christ's seed and it's produced right. you as as a child. And so he says, I'm writing to you, children, because your sins are forgiven for for you for his namesake. Then he says, I'm writing to you, fathers, and of course we know fathers is Peter, Peter being model and and mentor. Those are the two um, legs of a Peter. And, and he says, I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning, be, who has been from the beginning. So you know the origin of your father. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I've written to you, children. That's Padion there. Children oh, it there, is. Okay. Because yeah. you know the father. So they, they, that's the, the, the older stage. It's not Napios. But then he says, I've written to you, fathers, again, which is Pater. Because you know him who has been from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, um, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and have overcome the evil one. 
So uh, <clears throat> we, we can see there's that, there's that stage of growth. And I think, what, you know, many times what we're trying to do is through programs, through laws, through regulations, through obligations, through our, you know, process of programs yeah. we've got in our... Step. Yeah, 12-step method. Yeah, we're trying to push people into... into um, I love the definition. I used the definition this week on the podcast um, is uh, mindless psychophants, you know, is they try and produce robotic clones of themselves. Right. And, and we can't do that. You know, mentoring fathers are, and that's moms and dads, the word encapsulates mom, mature, spiritually mature moms and dads. And, and the, the spiritually mature moms and dads bring the younger into maturity. And you can't, they facilitate maturity. They facilitate the environment for growth. Are we spoken about this before? You know, I, I'm looking, yes, this morning I was out early, just I've got all these container containers, I've got all these tubs. So I love doing it like this because I, I get to do, um, you know, farming at another level. So I've got all these containers and I'm composting them and I put stuff in their seeds and they just, boom, they just grow. I mean, it's just like amazing. If I put, I've got a, another garden, like a flat garden bed, you know, and I put stuff in there, all the seeds, nothing's come up, nothing, nothing. Really? The things that did come up got eaten. I don't know about something, you know, it just is. And I've got, I've got it like mulched and all sorts of stuff. And it just like nothing. Can, I put it in the container, put the seed in, boom, boom. They're just coming up. I've got peppers and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, the, the, the thing about it is it's the right environment. You know, it's, right, uh, right. it's got lots of compost in it. It's got, you know, good soil. It's, uh, it, it's got self wicking. So it, um, waters itself and so i think that's we've got to forget about and i think and then we talk about this so often steve it's just like we've got to forget about trying to be this positional person that's spiritually super super spiritual more spiritual than everybody else has greater revelation than everybody else and has more insight and greater wisdom and more anointed can pray for the sick and cast out devils, you know, is that supposed to be everybody's thing? But we think that if we attain that, then we can. Right. Right. But, and yet we've got, it's not about that. It's creating an environment for others to grow. It's just. Right. And that's the, that's the interesting thing that you're even saying about the plant or the seeds that you're putting in the ground right now. It's like, it's like it says in Isaiah, remember not the former things nor even consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. You know, it's, it's, it's like that you've done it this way most of your life. This is how you know how to do it. I'm yeah. changing the way you do this because at this time, these, these plants need this particular type of habitat. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, you, like you've said over and over again, Peter, lovest thou me? You know, do you really love me? Well, then feed my sheep. And that, that of course, is the word poimeno, which is to shepherd or to uh, find a place of feeding. Yeah, to, to feed, to find something to eat. Uh, what do they need right now for their growth? Well, let's find them that for their growth. Then he says, uh, Peter, do you love me? Well, then feed my lambs. And, of course, that's, that's that word uh, to Bosco, 
or not Tabasco. <laughs> it's a it's a Tabasco sauce, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a Bosco, so it means to find a place of habitation. You find an environment where they can grow. You find out where they fit and help them get in that place so they can grow and flourish. Right. And that's a totally different mindset than just than just trying to feed everybody all the time. And it literally, of course, poimeno means find a place of pasture. They're the ones doing the eating. You're not force feeding them anyway. Yeah. So you find the place of pasture that they need right now at this time or this season of their life so they can grow. Yeah. But. Exactly. <clears throat> so I, just a scripture that came to me um, actually this morning already was um, in, in Genesis chapter 2.15. And it says, then the Lord God took the man which is Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, from any tree of the garden you may eat, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the thing is that to cultivate and keep it, the word cultivate is the word, um, the word eragon, which is work, and it means to become or to have a vision. And, uh, um, huh. and, to, and to keep it is like... Um, uh, to defend, to cover, um, yeah, so to guard, to defend, and to cover. So that's what, that's what we've got to do within the context of where we are. We do not control people. And that is, you know, I cannot emphasize right. that enough. We do not control people. We do not we do not, we cannot dominate people. We do not lord it over people. We cannot force, what you were saying now is you cannot force feed them. We cannot push people through their maturity phases or, or through their growth, through their growth. Our job is to, um, regardless of where you are, if you are a doma gifting, then you are to equip the saints. But if you, if right. you are a mom and a dad or you are young if you're a young person, you abide in the word, you overcome the evil one, you go to war, basically. If right. you are a mom and a dad, then you know the father is from the beginning and your, your job is to, in fact, bring the, the environment, the atmosphere of the father into it. And, yes. and this is a scripture that really spoke to me. Is you, God puts you, the word put there is, um, is to... Uh, is to place or appoint. <clears throat> so your appointment is where God puts you. <clears throat> and in that place mm. that he puts you uh, or appoints you <clears throat> is the, or, or and the, the other word is like an appo appointment. You get appointed to a place, to a mandate. And now in that place, right. you are to cultivate and keep that place. It's not people. You notice that. So you, we are to create right. and not create. God does the creating, but we are to cultivate and keep that area, that that mandate, that area of responsibility, that facility that we have, and we are to um, make sure it's an environment that people can grow in. Do you know, do you, uh, um, again, you probably know this, but is that they say the, your business as a farmer or as a gardener is not 
the plants. It's actually the soil. The soil is the engine. And the, the better your soil true. is, the better you, you can put anything in the ground that'll grow if your soil is right. That's true. So yeah. your, your, your job is the soil, is soil management. It's soil cultivation and then keeping. Keeping is to nurture, to um, defend, to guard, to cover, to protect, to nurture what's growing in it. So you've right. got cultivation and you've got keeping. And, uh, you know, that is just like anybody, should, everybody in the body of Christ should be doing that. Right. And that's where we've been. Uh, I've been talking with several guys uh, just about that particular thing as far as being a husbandman over your own house yes. uh, to, to nurture, to create an atmosphere of growth, to create an atmosphere of uh, like you're talking about uh, a place where they can flourish, uh, to cultivate the soil, to make sure that it's, it's a, a place where where everybody that's involved in that particular planting or your house, especially your wife, especially your spouse, uh, to nurture and to bring up into that whole thing to where she can flourish again. Most women are fountains shut up in a garden enclosed because we've shut them up. Yes. And uh, we can prophesy to the wind all we want. Come on, north wind, blow thou south and blow upon this garden. But if we haven't cultivated the soil, if we haven't made it a nurturing place, a place where there's a, uh, a place of safety and of growth, they're not going to flourish anyway. Right. No matter how much wind comes on there. <laughs> right. So, uh, and that's the tough part is we want, just like the same type of thing where it talks about in Ezekiel, come old dry bones, you know, uh, he says prophesy to the bones. We keep prophesying to the wind right now. We keep saying, oh, wind of God, please come and blow upon these dry bones. You know that they're dead. And it says we're separated and cut off from all of our parts. And we become it. And that's what he asked him, you know, why are you so dead? <laughs> well, we're separated and cut off from all of our parts. You know, we've we been lying out here in our graves. And he says, now come up out of your graves. And then he says, bones come together. The wind, it says the bones came together, and then he put sinew upon them to hold them together to make a joint, and then he put flesh upon it, then he put skin upon it, and then it stood before him a mighty army, and he hadn't even prophesied of the wind yet. And then he says, now prophesy to the wind, to the breath, but we tr still, we try to do it backwards. Oh, wind of God, please come. Oh, spirit of God, please come and blow upon these bones, you know, that they'll live. No, there's a process that that goes through that he he is very aware of on how he makes this happen. And you don't just go out and start a church and start gathering a bunch of dry bones together in a box <laughs> and then ask for the wind of God. It doesn't work that way. So there's a way that he, a way that seemeth right unto man. There's a way that we've always known to plant different things. You know, we'll go out there and cultivate the ground. I know good and well, uh, same thing with you, like you're saying. If I went out here and started digging up this ground right now, as soon as those little plants would come up, the deer would come along and eat them and every other living thing because they're saying, ooh, new munchies. But I've got them in containers like you do right now. It's almost like there's a different way to do it right now that we're not used to and we're having to learn as we go along how to do it this way. We know how the plant works. I got so excited the other day, I planted a bunch of pepper seeds from just some peppers, you know, little bitty peppers that we had that, that we had cut up. And I thought, oh, I'll just save these seeds and I'll plant them. 
I got so excited when I saw I saw the little plants coming up. You know, hey Connie, come here, look at this. You know, hey, we got the, and then I thought, well, that's just what a seed does. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, look what I did. You know, no, it isn't what you did. That's just what a seed does. It'll do that. So, but I was so excited because I I got little plants. <laughs> so anyway, it was kind of fun just to see this different way of doing things and to watch to see how it actually grows. And uh, then of course you got to do it from container to, it's a little bit more work this way for me. Uh, I'm used to, like I said, shoving it in the ground, letting it grow. This, you've got to really take care of the soil. You've got to water it. Uh, The way I'm doing it, I got to water it every day. You know, I'm trying to set it up a little differently. I do too. I water it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but but it's a different way of doing it than we've ever done it before. And that which is first is natural. He's having us learn a different way to deal with plants than you or I have ever dealt with before. It's because he's doing something different in the body of Christ than what we've ever seen before. Right. So we have to adapt to what the plant needs. Bosco, my lambs, find the place for them. You know, find a place, a pasture for them. Don't force feed them. Find the place, because different time, you know, in a flock, you find out what what different areas or what pastures are growing, what things at that time or that season of the year, and you move the whole flock over into that, because that's what their body needs at that time of year. That's right. And so yeah. you move the whole flock that way. No, exactly. You know, even as a dad, I mean... <clears throat> At times, in stages of my of my our children's life of of my sons, and you know because we were pastoring, and so we and we we were going through this crisis situation back in two thousand and three, two thousand and four, um, and and I could see my 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 through two thousand and eighteen. Sorry, what about two thousand? I said through two thousand eighteen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, don't even remind me. Um, so, uh, uh, gosh, oh man. Um, but you know what I noticed was, so what I would do is I would, I would see people or men um, that, or young men or older guys or whatever the story is, that had something that would reach them more than me. You know, because I was the mm. I was the dad. You know, they know me. They know my communication. But they would be going through something, and so I would confidentially kind of go to somebody and I'd say, "Hey, Steve, um, would you make an effort to just connect with my son at at another level because he needs he needs input from a different angle right now." And so I would strategically do that so that they would get, and one guy um, took, took one of my sons and started coaching him in tennis and, and did various things with him and got him involved in this. One of the other guys was taking out my other son for, for milkshakes and just talking to him. You know, just like how how you doing and whatever else, and another guy took took my the the other son and built, but it they they were doing something, but they were conversing the whole time, and you know right. because I trusted their 
uh, my job was to is to create the environment but i right. realized is that sometimes other people have a wisdom have a an insight have a perspective have something that they need that that i can't offer right now i'm not the all be all of everything you know it's just like the, the, the of course the 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 qualifying was that they would always be able to defer my son back to me they wouldn't like take my son away you know it's just like okay right. you don't need your dad you need me you know kind of thing now, i've had men do that as well and uh but and that's not not the, the, the ideal the ideal is is that we always create the environment get other perspectives we mustn't be so insecure that people can't learn from other people you know right you right. know what I mean? And but there was but we always defer everybody back to the Heavenly Father. That is the that's the source of everything, you know? That's why I'm wondering about the plurality of leadership in the elder type situation to where you're not you're not relying on one person to do all that. Every person, like we were talking, uh, you know, first thing it started out this morning, you and I were talking about mandates. And that doesn't mean I'm dating other men. It just means, you know, I got a mandate. Um, but, you know, our mandates are, are different, even though they're all on the same kind of general line. Uh, your mandate more is structured toward the strategies more come out toward business and, and the spiritual aspect of things in the, in the uh, business type realm. Um, and the strategies kind of point more toward that and in life, uh, how that all works. Mine is more toward the warrior aspect of it. Um, you know, like, like I was saying, you know, how to deal with this particular enemy, how to take it down, what to do with it. Uh, how, what are the weapons of your warfare that are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. But that's just the way I was bent. That's the way I was created. I mean, that's, that's been my training since I was, you know, like for the last 40 years. I mean, that's what he's done to me. So is that going to come out? Well, yeah, of course it's going to come out because that's what he's equipped me to be. I'm equipped as a warrior to fight for people behind the scenes and uh, not only for my own life, but for everybody else around me. So can I equip people to do that? I can equip them as much as I know. I mean, I can get them to at least a place that, uh, come follow me as I follow Christ, like Paul says. You know, I mean, I'm just, I'm doing this just like you are, brother. You know, come come right along. You know, let's learn this. Uh, what do you need? And then help them get to that next level. And that's the same thing you do. It's just in a little bit different arena. Uh, but the mandate, I have things that I offer to people, but you have things that you offer, and each one of us has a part. And that's where, like you said, that insecurity comes to where if I think I'm the one that they need to come to for, for spirituality and for whatever, I become more of a controller. And, of course, pastor uh, means shepherd or one who basically tries to keep everybody else out. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's what we did, you know, as pastors. We kept everybody else out because the focus had to be on me. It had to be. Uh, otherwise I would lose my place in people's hearts. And that's the thing that, that as I got older, I began to realize you have a part. Uh, I do have a part, but it's not, like you said, it's not the end all. It's not 
That's why there are so many other giftings in the body of Christ to be able till we all come to the fullness and stature of the Messiah. I just have a part, and uh, I reflect this certain part of who he is. It doesn't mean everybody's going to be like I am. It's just let me show you what I've got. Let me give you my part. And then when it comes to another aspect of it, you know what? I know somebody who does that really, really well. They've yeah. been doing this for the last 40 years. It's worked in them. Let's let them bring you into this. Yeah. Now they have a wisdom in that area that. that right. You know, you see, um, Stephen Covey was like been a real mentor to me, not, not physically or, but right. just through, his, through some of his books. It's just been um, amazing how much I've learned from him. But he talks about the maturity continuum. And, and he says it starts off with dependence. So first, uh, I depend on you to, to um, help me, you know, to feed me, to nourish me, to get me going. And is it then the second stage is independence. Now, we view independence as rebellion. We, review, uh, we are told that independence is a bad, bad thing in the church. You mustn't be independent. You've got to depend on me. And, uh, but independence is a growth process. Right. It's something that, and you know, if I look at, at my sons growing up, I actually, I mean, I protected their independence. So they had to form their own opinion, form their own insights, um, get their own perspective, their own worldview. I protected that. If I hadn't invested, what I hadn't invested before the age of 10 is too late after that. It's well, that's, yeah. You, you, you know, you can influence after that, but your, your investment is the first 10 years. If you don't invest, I mean, even the Roman Catholics say that. Give us a child until they're age seven, and we have them for the rest of their life. The because Nazi regime not, did that too. Hitler did that. Yeah, exactly. And everybody knows that because that's the generation you input. That's why in, in our country right now, who has the education system? Who has the schools? That's what you've got right. to ask yourself. What values are being put in at that level? 2%. Right. 2% are infecting the next generation. Wow. <laughs> and so we've got to, we've got to ask ourselves. And that's, okay, I'm just going to go on a rabbit trail here for a moment. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, I, when I was traveling in the States like 10, 11 years ago, I was going to churches and I'm going, um, especially, I was saying to pastors, you're missing the generation that somebody else is capturing because you're so focused on your meeting that you're not being a dad. You're putting the children in another building, in right. another uh, venue, in the basement. The youth got to do their own little program. Right. And what happens is uh, when they turn 18, 19, now you want them to come into church, be tithers, members, contributing and they're going not interested sorry right right you know because you lost them you weren't it's it's by association it's by investment it's by input impartation to their life anyway that's the rabbit trail so we've got this sorry you're going to say i was just going to say uh, just continuing down that rabbit hole a little bit further <laughs> my um uh we were my son and i were working with a fellowship over in um Arizona. And, uh, I was doing the praise and worship and stuff like that. And, 
and um, I just asked him if he'd come and help me. And so anyway, he came alongside and was helping, and then he got asked to actually be the youth pastor. And uh, he started just working with these kids and everything else. And, and of course, like you're saying, you know, they had their own little meeting, they had their own little place. Uh, and, and my son was taking them to coffee shops and things like that into a venue that they felt comfortable in and a place where they could share and they could be who they are. And uh, I'm not saying everybody's that way. It just happened with that particular group that that was a place that they worked out very well. The pastor came to me one day and said, uh, I need for you to meet at the church, and I need for you to meet at such and such a time, which is an hour before the evening service. And Chris says, okay, any particular reason why? And he says, yes, because around here, people have to drive so far, so what they'll do is they'll come in and they'll drop their kids off if it's someplace else, and then they just leave and then come back later and whatever. But if it's at this particular time, they'll figure that they won't, they don't have very far. I mean, they have a long way to go to get to anywhere, especially back home. So what they'll do is they'll stay, they'll come to the evening service. And after all, we don't want the kids. What we want is the parents because they're the ones with the money. Oh my. No, told him that. I mean, told him that straight up. And, um, and Chris, you know, got kind of bothered by that. He went ahead and complied. And then, uh, he was talking about doing some concerts and stuff like that. And the guy told him once again, he says, this is not about reaching the kids. This is about getting the parents in through the kids because they're the ones with the money. The kids don't have any money. It's the parents that do. And, uh, we can't build this church on the kids. And I, and Chris at that time said, well, you know what, here's your, here's your keys. Here's everything else. You go ahead and build your church then or whatever it was he said, but he just said, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be your, your gopher or your whatever to build what you're building. I can't do this. And I thought, you know, without that experience, without that, that's a value driven experience right there. I mean, you're getting, you're getting your hands in the midst of it and finding out what the hearts of men actually are in a lot of these things. Uh, you know, what is their motive? What, what is the reason behind this thing? What, uh, why are you building this? Yeah. You know, what is the reasoning behind this? And this guy has built, he has a self-proclaimed apostle to like, I think a thousand churches or something like that all over the world. And uh, to see the pattern that he worked with, you're just going, wow, this is really interesting. And anyway, yeah, right. And so that's what, you know, when you're saying about, um, you know, that rabbit hole, that rabbit hole goes a lot deeper uh, than, than what we care to admit a lot of times. We're just trying, we're just barely scratching the surface on that rabbit hole. So Absolutely. Uh, and nobody wants to address these things. You know, I mean, you and I, we get uh, sort of people say, oh, you know, you're being negative about things. But, but nobody addresses these issues. Nobody addresses right. the big white elephants in the room. You know, it's just like this is a model that's being reproduced over and over again. And we right. can't understand why right. we're losing a generation right. after a 
generation after generation. We were talking about that before we turned on the record button as far as, you know, the model that we've set as the Western church all over the world. And these people in Nigeria, these people in Pakistan, I mean, all these people that we had contact with, a lot of them come back because they find out that you're, you're Western. They find out you're white. They find out you're whatever. And which is, I don't know why that it's kind of that prioritized, but some reason or other it is in their minds and they will, they begin to try to tap you for money. Yeah. And they, they, like you said, they get you to feel sorry for them. They figure they can draw money out of you or whatever. And, but it's a whole model that we've set for, for a whole, for a world. And that's, that's a terrible model to set up for the world. Exactly right. And, you know, <coughs> wherever the ori origins are, well, that, that's where it is. But, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> we have to address this and begin to say, if we don't know what we're dealing with, you know, is yesterday on, the, on, the, on my podcast, I spoke about clear communication, and I haven't forgotten my original point, but um, <laughs> Good. We, we, um, we, I was talking about it takes authenticity to have communication in an organization. Right. And, and part of that authenticity is dealing with conflict. And if you don't, if you don't address, if you avoid conflict, you actually grow this this whole um, model or culture of of non communication. When you mm. deal with conflict, you actually build relationship, you deal with issues, and you find real solutions. So, if we don't address the things that are actually eroding our influence, our impact in the world, then we are just, all we're doing is separating each other, separating right. ourselves from the world. Now we become church and, and secularism as two different. Yeah. We don't we, become salt and light anymore. We are not yeast. We're not carrying the yeast into the, into That's the, true. the culture. We're not salt. We're not light. We are a religion right. going to our monasteries every Sunday. And we've right. got to get out of this mentality. We have to right. change it. We have to address these things. And, you know, yeah. you and I, we constantly, I mean, you, we both, because we're part of the group and we, we come delivering content all the time, we're getting all these requests. Hello, how are you? I've got a, I've got a, a orphanage. Are you going to contribute? One guy... <laughs> guy said to me he says um, why don't you put money aside for the next six months that you can give us a big bonus at the end of the year i said excuse me who do you think you are you know it's just like you are the most presumptuous little uh, you know anyway and you're the most presumptuous little guy i've ever met in my life and he says oh i'm sorry i didn't know and I said, yeah, that's the problem. I said, the problem is, is that you've probably done it to 10 other people and it's been acceptable. Yeah, but I'm telling we've you, trained them. We've trained them that way. We, get, we train them that way and, and people capitulate to, to this um, model over and over again. And right. <clears throat> look, I'm not criticizing. We're not criticizing. I'm not, I'm, I know, I know. <laughs> I grew up like that, you know, it's just yeah. that the way it was done. But I'm saying now, from my experience and what I know from the Word of God, 
I said, we've got to address this thing if we're going to change and yeah. influence the culture. You okay. said something about without conflict, you know, there is no growth or it doesn't grow right. Yes. You, you probably know this, but a lot of people don't. Um, a lot of times what you do is you s stake out a sapling or a young tree just so that when the winds come, it does not bend over, uh, you know, and just pull itself out by the roots. I mean, you don't want it to do that. But you don't leave that on all the time, and you only put it a certain height up on the sapling um, because the, the wind bending that tree is what causes the roots to grow out and stabilize. Hmm. That's what causes the roots to do that is right. that conflict of the wind. If you don't have that struggle, if it doesn't have that struggle, the root system does not develop. So after a certain amount of time, once the roots have begun to take hold into the soil, then you take out the st stakes, you take off that restriction, or you take <sighs> off that, that little harness that you put on it, and you let, you let the wind do the full length of the tree so that that root system begins to really develop and stabilize that tree so it becomes a very strong tree as it grows. Otherwise, you don't have a strong tree. Most people keep those stakes on forever because they think, oh, you know, that's just the way it's supposed to be. No, it's not the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to have the conflict. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to stand here with you and go, uh, you know what, maybe that's not quite so right. Let's look at that from a different aspect of this, you know, and maybe, maybe see it from this point of view or maybe see it from this. What does the scripture say about that? And get ourselves to examine you know, what, what it is. I mean, if we don't challenge each other, if there is no challenge, how in the world am I supposed to grow? Iron is supposed to sharpen iron. It's not supposed to just sit there and bang your heads together. It's supposed to sharpen the other iron. So, uh, you know, if I look at it as sharpening as opposed to just conflict, that's, I don't know, maybe that's what it is. We've just not allowed the conflict to be there as far as constructive conflict ah, comes to my original point ah good we made it full circle uh, maturity continuum is dependence independence which is viewed as rebellion but that's the problem so what happens is everybody avoids contribution because they may be independent yeah in fact ah. we are told um, two visions are is um, division. Yeah. You're not allowed your vision here. You're not allowed to apply yourself unless I say so. Right. You will submit to me, be accountable to me, and only do where I tell you to do it. Right. If you do anything else? I mean, it just is ridiculous. Anyway, but the the, the next level of of uh, growth and maturity is interdependence. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay, now that's where we can deal with conflict without feeling insecure. Right. So I can, interdependence means there's a, a, a synergy that begins to take place of gifting. So now is your gifting, your mandate is complementary to me. I don't feel insecure. I don't feel threatened by it. I uh, I can challenge yours without you feeling threatened and 
you know, uh, lost in it. So, you know. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it takes me a couple days. (laughs) 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 No, it's just like, okay. (laughs) Um, No, but you know, is that when we grow up into that place where we are confident and competent within the context of our own responsibility within right, our own right. sense of this is who I am. You know, I, I wrote uh, this week in the, in the group, uh, just a scripture that really profoundly impacted me a few years ago. And it was, it says that Jesus knowing that where he was from and where he was going, returning to that, that f- the father had given everything into his hand and that he was returning to the father. Wow. That's good. And knowing that he knew, and therefore it says he took off his garment, and that garment was his rabbi garment that distinguished him as a rabbi teacher. He took off that garment and put on the, the, the garment of a servant and began to wash their feet. Hmm. We focus on the washing the feet, but the, the immensity, the actual power in that whole little passage there is Jesus knew who he was, what he had, where he was from, what his responsibility was. He source his origin and, and uh, his destination. So he could easily put on him on a garb of a servant and serve his brothers, not his right. staff, not his, not his subjects. Right. But his, uh, but his friends, right? And so um, it says that in Philippians too. <clears throat> you know, though he was, yes. he put on himself, you know, and became right. a servant. Tall. Of, yeah. of his glory, and yeah, right. exactly. So, so that's that interdependence, Steve, is where we. You were talking about plurality of the leadership, or, right. or of of being able to set that culture, not from a single person, but from a team in, in right. a I'm right. talking about, you know, just from a business point of view. And because we don't understand is that like the first, your first priority, I really believe the first priority should be just building family, building a culture of family and finding a team that, because right. that, that's the first thing Jesus did was he found a team put a team together, began to impart a team who could represent into the rest of the family, you know? Right. Anyway, but the, the whole point is, is that you've got to have maturity to be interdependent. You, right. You've got, to, you've got to have that knowing, that confidence to know this is what I can do. And, and you know. Yeah. And that's the thing that you've said from the very beginning. Relationship is probably one of the key aspects of any of this stuff because that is the only thing that is non-negotiable exactly you know the 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 rest of it my ministerial alliance my my gifting my anointing and how it fits into this particular situation my 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 me my my noink you know me (laughs) you know whatever it is i've got uh if it gets threatened then I think the whole relationship is threatened, but it's not. That that's the only thing that remains a constant is number one, my relationship with Christ, but how I interrelate then with you, that interdependency of I can't do this alone. I'm part of 
something else. I'm part of something way bigger than just me or my anointing or my calling and election of selection. So uh, even though I'm supposed to make that sure, it's so that I'm stable within myself and not worried about somebody else taking who I am. You know, I'm, I'm found in Christ. So my whole thing is now, how do I interrelate with you? How do I help you function to the best of your ability? And how do I function then within that realm? How do I help with this whole thing? So it's not about me anymore. It's about, you know, how I fit within this, within this body, you know, how do I fit in this relationship? And uh, like you said, and, and like I said earlier, the relationship is the only thing that's non-negotiable. Exactly. I mean, everything else is subject to. Right. You know, if, if, we, if we did that, if we trumped, uh, that's not a pun. Um, if, we, <laughs> if we trumped everything else that we do, gifting, mandate, calling, uh, right. points, everything else with relationship. I'm telling you is that we'd be in a, in a better world. Yes. We, we would be in a better world because we right. would understand influence. We would understand. Uh, and that's what Jesus was talking about. He said, because of your unity, you'll be known. Right. That's how and, the, yeah, that's how they'll know you. Yeah. And, and unity, you know, when I remember when I was pastoring, I'd go to the fraternal meeting and unity to them was, <laughs> Handing out all their pamphlets of what we are doing in our church, and you must join us. Mm. And, and they 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 got rid of me from the fraternal because I was chairman. And I, I one day I said I sat them, and because uh, I was going through my own thing, and so I wasn't very delicate about it or diplomatic about it. But I said uh, they were sitting there, and they're going, uh, yeah, you know, and I said. I actually, I must be honest with you guys. And again, what I said, I'm sick and tired of this stuff. I wow. said, I'm sick and tired of you people. Um, you know, the one guy's got a soup kitchen and then he gets up and he lambastes all of us because we're not part of his soup kitchen. And then another guy's going to have a, a, a series on, on whatever. And we're not part of his series. And, um, and I'm this having guy, a revival for crying out loud, and you guys don't want revival. Yeah, you know, and, just, and I said to them, I said, I'm sick and tired of hearing this. I said, you know what? Is nobody takes the time to find out who I am, right? Takes the time to spend time with me to know who I am. Now, thank God, some some of those guys actually I do have now an ongoing relationship with for for a number of years already, and uh, but a lot of them. <laughs> A lot of them just left and got rid of me as the chairman of the fraternal. <laughs> so, <clears throat> because they just like, and I said, you know, what's the good of, you know, and then they were making this like big thing of like, you know, we've got to show the city our unity because here we are, all the ministers and all the churches getting together for a weekly meeting. I said, you know what, this doesn't say anything to anybody. And as soon as they pronounced that, the thing actually started falling apart. <laughs> so, so, because there was no relationships built. Right, right. There was no relationships built. And they said, if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, and we can see clearly. There's no yeah. stumbling. And it says, and we have fellowship one with another at and that we point. Have fellowship one with another. The, the, the fellowship, the ability to, to interconnect. Fellowship is, 
is a much deeper word than sitting around a meeting, drinking tea and eating cookies. You know, it's right. just like fellowship is, is the thing that you and I do that people don't realize is that when we end this conversation, even though you are seven hours, no, 25 hours drive away from me, is that we end, we end the recording and you and I still talk for another hour, sometimes two hours. We just right. fellowship, share our hearts, jump on a call during the week sometimes, talk things through, um, get in, reflect, and, and whatever else. That to That's me, what this came out of. That's what this whole thing, yeah, just punch record, and let's record what we're, we're talking about so maybe somebody else can, you know, get, get in on it. Get, you know, be inspired by it, get something from it. Exactly right. right. Because it's, our relationship has been established over years. Right. And now we have a, a, a fellowship in light. Well, we have a relationship that's come to the light. Right. And now we have fellowship, which is a deep communing with each other. Right. Of, of our ideas, our, our hassles, our tears, <laughs> our struggles, our, you know, it's just like that's our rejoicing, you know, our celebrations, whatever. And, and our encouragement to one another. And that, you cannot do that when you're alone. That's true. You cannot do that when you're alone. It takes that interdependence. It takes that, like, you, I know you. I know what you do. I, I don't know everything about you, but I, you know, right. I, I understand your mandate. I understand what you bring. And one of the reasons for me is, like, one of the reasons, because I wanted to highlight that for you. You know, it's just like, give you an opportunity to bring that out more, even though you like know people forever across America, but <laughs> I don't know anybody except Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, but, but yeah, I think, I think we, we need to, um, I don't know where we were going with that. Where was I going with that? Where did that come from? I don't know. Anyway, the interdependence, I suppose. Yes. That's interdependence. That's it. We're interdependent. Yeah, we're both in the same depends. Yes. <laughs> As we're getting older, that's more and more apropos. Yeah. <laughs> the same nappy. Anyway. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, see, they don't. They don't know what nappy means here. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> But that's true. There's there's so much more to, and that's what that's what to me. Whenever we get together and we push the record button, it's because of the relationship. It's not because we've got something in particular we want to say. Yeah, we just want somebody to experience the relationship, and basically. Basically, to me, it seems like we're showing people how this works as opposed to just another idea or another formula or another teaching or another something else. This is how this works. This is how an eldership would work. This is how this is how it works in your house. This is how it works. Just I mean, even the stuff of the of the growing of plants to me is so appropriate to what we're doing right now uh, as far as because you and I both are having to learn a different way to do it right and it's not the same old way that we always knew right and so 
uh, just the struggle in that. How is it working? How do we do it now? Do I, do I continue to fertilize it? Do I use this type of fertile? Do I do artificial? Do I do real? Yeah. I mean, there's just so many different aspects to this that we could go into that, that we don't touch on mainly because a lot of times, uh, you and I, like you said, dive into that stuff <laughs> a little bit later or even before, before we push the record button. Yeah, we, we push the record button because suddenly we realize, wait a minute, we onto something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah, we finally hit something worth valuable that's worth somebody else hearing. <laughs> maybe. Maybe perchance, yeah. Maybe maybe somebody gets something out of this. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but th that's that's part of the relationship thing because you and I've you know we've been around the the same mountain or the same tree, uh, probably for what twenty? What has it been twenty? Almost twenty five years, isn't it? Twenty twenty some years. Yeah. And um, uh, there's a certain amount of relational stuff that not only do we relate in history, but we relate in the journey. Yes. And that's where uh, a lot of guys, you find out guys that have gone to war together. Uh, of course, now I'm going back to my thing. You know, if you go into war together, uh, that foxhole type mentality uh, if I'm in the foxhole with you, I've had to survive life. I've had to fight this fight. I've had to deal with this same enemy. I've had to battle these same battles that you're battling right now. It's a whole different, it's a whole different thing than somebody that just has it in principle that's never had to battle those battles. I mean, I, know, I may know every teaching in the world about dealing with certain aspects of things like in marriage or something else. But if I haven't been through the battle, I have really nothing to be able to give you that's life. Because uh, there's something about it when you've gone through the struggle together, you have that camaraderie that you don't get anywhere else. Right. So anyway, I, I just, and I guess that's why it works uh, with us too, is the relationship is not just built on theory. The relationship is built on a, 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 a common a common goal, but also a common struggle. It's been a common war that we both had to deal with in some certain situations and have lived through it together. Yes. Coming out the other mm -hmm. side. Right. Right. In pain, hurting, disappointed, but <laughs> but, but we, we hey, we whole, we healed, we and and you know, it's been it's been rich because of, of the relationship, you know, it's, it's right. somebody that I know that I can go to who understands me and, and right. knows, knows the struggle, knows my thinking in this area and I can talk to and uh, who understands me. And so, right. And is prepared to understand me. So, I, you know, it's in the relationship. That's the thing is like Jesus, again, I go back to that scripture, Jesus knowing Right. You know, right. That everything the father had given everything into his hand, and that he was it had come from the father, was returning to the father, um, could then proceed. Um, to and even knowing that one of them was the devil and would deceive, would yes. even knowing all that. Yes, and knowing the crisis he was going to face, the crisis was death. You know, right. and and listen, he was entrusting God to raise him from the dead. That was it. He, yes. He, 
you know he was human in that sense he was right he all all he had was what what scripture said about him right that's what we we you know what we forget is that jesus went to the cross with only this as a son of man yeah and so he's facing this crisis but he knew and i think you know it's like i know who i am i know what i have but but i know you you know me i know i can trust you you know um i know that you've you have got my best interest at heart so it's in the light and we've got this relationship out of that grows everything right and therefore therefore i can contribute my gift without uh without like Fear. you say trying to be heard or trying to bring a message or you know that's like you know that doesn't even cross my mind you know it's just right. like i'm just i can just be me with you you know and that's right. that's the awesome thing you know yeah yeah unless we get to a place where we both get on here and are staring at each other and going okay what do we talk about today you know yes. once we get into that meeting mentality it dies yeah. if we stay in the relationship of it we have plenty to talk about exactly it's funny <laughs> yeah. i mean, we don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I noticed the time here, and I'm going, oh, man, we're way over. Yeah, no, so. it's time, time to go now. But, yeah, so today's title, I think, is It's All in the Relationship. Ah, okay, good. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, no, excellent, Steve. I mean, we could we could bash around in so many different areas where this is concerned, but I think the the main the main point of, of our discussion today is, is – um, it's it's in the relationship and if we if we're building good relationships everything flows from that you know that's right that's right everything can flow from that uh you know um you know <laughs> but yeah. but it's like the guys the guys that actually hit us up on messenger and you know i've got this and i've got that i said build relationship with me get to know me get to know what i'm about get let me know who you are and then let's proceed from there. Mentoring right. relationships start in relationship. Right. Start in the relationship. You know, it's not just my teaching. It's in, or my content. It's in the relationship. It's knowing. Right. You. That's true. No, or knowing you. Know All those right, who so, live among you. <laughs> yeah. Learn, know those. Very good. Yeah. That's a good scripture. <clears throat> well, thanks to everybody for attending um, or being attending. Sounds really attending. Good. Yes. And no, for being jumping on this, and hopefully you lasted the whole hour and a bit with us, and uh, really appreciate your time. And have a super weekend. Until next Friday, God bless you guys from Sean and from Steve. Bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> Cheers, man. <clears throat> uh,